the work wives. What? <laughs> I mean, listen, you do you. I digress. Huge. Alyssa had a thing. Not a, not that kind of a thing. Alyssa had like a little exchange with the landscaper across the way who was enjoying that lunch from the driver's seat. my car, but couldn't tell me until after I got out of the car. After we'd been sitting across the street from each other for like 10 minutes, then I get out of the car and he's like, can you move your car? I don't know. He's got like big tools or something. He said he has got big stuff to do. Well, you know what, sir? We've got big stuff to do, too. That and more on The The Work Wives. Guys, today's a very special day. We've got a very special guest here for you today. And we love her so much. Are you looking up her name right now? I want to read a, um, what are these things called? Reviews. Read yeah, a review. Yeah, I want to read a review. So here we go. Here we go. Okay, let's go. Ah! Ah! From <gasps> a very special reviewer. Okay. Funny and valuable from the real Melinda Strauss. I was just on her podcast, mm. and she really listens to our podcast, which is so nice. There you go. So she said, Andrea and Alyssa will crack you up while actually helping you live your life just a little better every day. Education and laughter make for a killer combo. Melinda, thank you so, so much. Education. We're teachers. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Where's your apple? I want an apple. I probably have some, actually. Those I do refrigerate, speaking of fruit that we refrigerate. We were just talking about how I don't refrigerate my grapes. Which is weird. Okay, fine. To me. Which is, you do you. I don't refrigerate my tomatoes. No. Oh, no. That's disgusting. People, like, your first step in living your life better, listen, Melinda, don't refrigerate your tomatoes. You're welcome. Grapes, too. Melinda actually grows her own tomatoes, so she definitely, she knows taking it to, like, a level that I do not know. Oh, here comes that landscape. Our secret guest is checking her watch. She's like, so why did you guys have me here? (laughs) Oh my gosh, Alyssa, do you see? He is blocking off that parking space. He's blocking it off. You like know he, what I call like that? Like he thinks Chutzpah. it's the south side of Chicago and it's like Trim a your mustache, sir. Trim your stash. What is he? I have to say, though, he did trim one of my shrubs in the front for, and he only charged me $10 to do it. No, that's not a euphemism. He actually trimmed a shrub in my front yard. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. I, I digress. <laughs> What is he doing? We got to get footage of this. I don't understand what's going on. You got to, he is, he's setting up like a whole jamboree out there. J- jamboree, yeah. What's he doing? Like I it's don't like know, a band he, set up. You should probably just invest in some proper cones. Like, dude, stop. Yeah, like this is, you're not stopping anybody from doing anything. I got to get some, like, what is happening? Like, where did he go? He's like, that's nothing. It's like two tiny little buckets. You're not going to stop anybody from parking there. My gosh. All right. Anyway, people, today's a great day. And you want to know why? Because we have been graced, graced with the presence of someone whom we both respect 
and admire and who have saved our little tushies from going down the deep, dark drain. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Amy Kasky Burger! <laughs> <laughs> She's here. Round of applause from our studio audience. So, Amy, how much are you charging us to be here right now? Um, Billing started about 10 minutes ago. Billable hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) All right, Amy. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, babe. Always a pledge. Always a pledge. So, for those people who do not know who you are and what you do, Amy, ladies and gents, if we have any gentlemen listening, Amy is th- my PR Wonder Woman. But Amy, for those who don't know, what's a PR Wonder Woman? Why would somebody have a PR person and what is it that you do? Well, thank you for that um, very complimentary introduction. You're welcome. But, um, yeah, I'm an independent PR consultant here in Chicago. Um, you would probably have a PR um, consultant or an agency if you were looking to drive awareness for your brand or you as a person. Okay. Um, so I come from a big PR agency background here in Chicago, New York, and L.A., and um, went out on my own about three years ago to help small to mid-sized businesses, um, mostly lately especially Um, either women founded or women run. So it's a pleasure to um, support other ladies in my community and beyond. That's awesome. So walk us through what it was like to leave a big PR firm and go out on your own. Yeah. So um, like I said, I started my career in New York. I lived there for most of my 20s, worked at one of the biggest independent PR agencies there doing all kinds of Um, events Um, back in the day it was like celebrity events um, lots of promotion for big brands it was fun did you Um, know I'm sorry back up did you know that this is what you wanted to go into or did you kind of fall into PR no I kind of fell into PR that's a great question so I started thank you I started my career like a lot of people fall into PR yeah you know especially PR as a major in college is relatively new compared to other more traditional like majors especially right. so within like marketing. Millennials might yes. have majored in it. Yes, but exactly. Millennial, yeah. Right. And um, I'm sort of pre-millennial right. if you will. Same girl, same. So, yeah. So, no, I actually I moved to New York right after college. I um, went to the University of Wisconsin. I'm from Wisconsin originally. So, New York was a brand new big experience. I actually started my career working for Kate Spade, the handbag company. Oh, I knew. Me likey her. Yes. Um, It was a year after 9-11. New York was kind of, you know, working through so much. Yeah, it was a weird place. And um, I was new there. I was I was a weird yeah. person there. So um, I started working at Kate Spade. And long story short, it was just like an incredible three years of getting to work with just awesome girls in the wow. shop, getting to know the brand. At the time, the brand only had seven stores, mm-hmm. if you can think about that. Yeah. yeah. So it's obviously grown so much. So um, after I left there, I knew I wanted to do something a little bit different, but didn't really know what. So I started doing some temp work. And one of the temp jobs that I fell into was PR. Um, this amazing girlfriend of mine who's still a dear friend named Emma took me under her wing and really the rest is history. She was the person who kind of said, you know what, you're pretty good at this. Like if you think you like this, I'm going to this other agency. I'm going to be starting there soon. You know, maybe you should kind of look into it. And so I ended up working at a big agency in New York called DKC. 
um, which was just really incredible experience and met a lot of great people who uh, got me excited about PR. When you did that stint while you were temping, did you then, when once that contract was over, did you then go to a different temp job after that and kind of have that feeling of like, oh man, like the last one that I did was just such a good fit or no, like was that your last? Actually, no, that was like the last temp job that I had. It was this um, boutique agency in New York, um, founded by a woman who had a a huge kind of um, very epic PR career. And Mm -hmm. one of the events I did was um, Karl Lagerfeld's Halloween party, which at the time, the Fendi Halloween party, which at the time in New York was like a huge deal. So I got to stand in like welcome guests who you know this was like pre-social media these were like socialites and celebrities and it was amazing that you can tell us about that night that people might not know oh my gosh it was so long ago (laughs) oh I'll have to think back okay let me me think we'll circle back on that okay if it comes to you please interrupt whatever we're talking about because we want to know some Karl Lagerfeld good stuff oh actually the shoes that I'm wearing right now oh my shirt Oh, by Carl himself. Completely. Oh, my goodness. Alyssa's shaking her head. Nothing like a kitty mule for a Halloween party. Kitty cat meow meow. Meow meow. Meow meow. Okay. So let's go. So from New York, we're just going to speed up time here. We went to Chicago. Yeah, to Chicago for a year and a half. And you were at a large firm here. Yeah, exactly. I started at um, a firm here called Dig at the time, and it's kind of evolved. It's had several names now. It's called ICF Next, but it's an amazing agency here in Chicago, especially for anybody listening who's looking to get into PR. Um, Just incredible, incredibly talented people, amazing culture. Um, And I spent um, almost eight years there just really honing in on, you know, learning all about everything it was that brands wanted obviously there was there's been a big evolution in PR over the past 10 years so it was just an awesome place to be during that time I actually moved to LA for four years was able to work with them there and then moved back to Chicago where I've been for the past six years oh wow okay fine so how long did you contemplate leaving before you actually left so it wasn't that long, to be honest. I After I left Olsen, I went to um, work for a small boutique agency here in Chicago, which was an amazing experience, but my life at the time was feeling really crazy. What um, was going on? Well, I had a one-year-old at home, and my husband was traveling a ton for work. <laughs> so between those, those two things and then working for an agency that just had a ton of amazing clients, but... Uh, you know, it was pretty intense um, in terms of the time that it took to, to get that awesome work done. It was just too much. And how many years ago was this? This was um, five years ago. Okay. Oh, Actually, I'm sorry. It was three years ago. Okay. See, yeah, my one-year-old was, yeah, yeah, this was about three years ago. So it was just a, I was just, it I was going through a time in my life where everything just felt too crazy. I wasn't happy with what I was doing, even though I knew that PR is where I wanted to be. And I knew that there had to be a solution for um, how to, you know, continue to cultivate my PR career, but do it more on my own terms. What were you most afraid of before you left? Honestly, I was most afraid of being able to make the money that I wanted to make because I think it's pretty unpredictable in the beginning. Even if you do a lot of work around 
how much money you want to make, what the standards are within your industry for what you think you could make. That doesn't always mean that you'll just get paid that the day that you start. You still have to do all the work to get new clients on board and keep them happy. So I think just the unpredictability in that regard was a bit scary. But obviously you still did it. So what was that final push? I think the final push was just that once I talked with my husband a lot about what this could look like, I think something about being a mom kind of pushed me over the edge, meaning I knew I wanted to be able to spend more time um, with my daughter. I knew I wanted to have another kid. And as a result, I was trying to think of a way that I could evolve my work life more into my personal life so that I could have more Mm -hmm. flexibility. So um, I would say like sort of, you know, once you become a mom, you, you kind of in some ways have more courage to try things. Um, I know it's not true for everyone, but in my case, it was the thing that made me say like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to find the confidence inside of me to like give this a shot. And at the time I was like, I'll just try it for a year. Okay. So you did put like a little baby parameter like on that. You're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this for a year, see how it feels and then reevaluate. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you decided to leave, when you were in that process, did you know from the get-go that you would have built-in clients? Like, were you putting feelers out there, or was, was this, like, from the ground up? Yeah, no. I was in a position where I wanted to make sure that I had work coming in before right, I sound Right, like, left. knowing you, that sounds yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, Um, And I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of type A. I'm, like, very organized. I like to know what's in front of me. So um, one of the awesome things about uh, the agency where I used to work, Olson, um, is that there were just some extremely talented people who went on to start their own businesses after they left Olson. Um, and so at the time, I went right away to work for an old colleague friend of mine who has an awesome agency in Wisconsin and was able to help support some of the client work that he had going on at the time. Mm. So that was one way that I kind of kept my business, my new business pipeline open. I work and still do on occasion for other agency partners as an extension of an agency team, but then I have my own clients. And it really just ebbs and flows okay. depending on you know who I'm talking to, right, what the new business opportunities are at the time, the time of year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've just been able to kind of maintain a steady flow that way. Okay, so speaking of new business opportunities, I have been at a few events with you and you do a really good job of circulating a room and finding people who to talk to and finding what to talk about. And Amy, that does not come naturally for a lot of people, even people like Alyssa and myself who are in front of a lot of people. I mean, I feel sometimes awkward awkward AF when I have to like walk around a room and like I don't know what to do so what are some tips that you have like how do you do that where you show up an event at an event you know you need to talk to people what's the process like yeah you know really quickly before you answer I um have always been I actually just talked about it in an Instagram post like about confidence um a couple like last week I think um but I've always been in a position in my life where I was sort of trying to like be this person that I thought other people wanted to see and I was always just so intimidated when I would go to events and like be around like quote unquote cool girls or people who were quote unquote better than me Um, and I always for some reason just felt like 
super inferior to them, even though like I can hold my own and people like me, but it just, it was not in my head. And actually the event that Andrea and I went to last week um, at, um, yeah, at Ferguson's with Signature Hardware and Chicago Magazine. Um, that was a really fun event. We actually got in a bathtub, and Amy, as a PR representative, was quite nervous that two of her, well, Andrew's her client, and I just like tag along for fun. Um, Story of my life. <laughs> she was quite nervous that we got in a bathtub um, at the middle of, in the middle of a very nice event, but it was good. We we knew what we were doing, but anyways, that was really the first event that I went to with, I only really knew one person, that was Andrea, and I was not nervous. Um, and it's, take, it's taken so long for me to be able to go into a situation like that and not have to like push my stomach down. So yeah, I would love to hear from an expert on how to... Well, and one more thing before Amy answers is that you have a big conference coming up. You're going out to like a big a big conference where you're going to need to like know how to work a room because you have an opportunity to network with some really big people. Huge. 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 I'm actually speaking at that conference, oh my God, that's right. which is a really big deal also. Um, so, yeah, teach me teach me how to Dougie, Amy. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, so a bunch of things. Um, first of all, I push myself to network too because even though I think I'm a pretty like outgoing person and I'm very curious about people, you know, it can be easy to be like, this is hard because you do have to put a lot of energy into it when you're talking to new people and like, you know, just kind of like mustering up the strength to like go up to people in the room. But my business is so relationship based. I have to have relationships with people in order to get my job done well. Right. So I... I have actually tried to find comfort in networking over the past year, especially as I've gotten a chance to reflect on all of the awesome things that have come into my life because I put myself out there. I think obviously you ladies are so good at just being yourselves. And I think Alyssa, like you just talked about confidence is a huge part of going into a networking event and having it be successful for you because you just have to know that like if you're showing up an event, it's likely that almost anyone else there is feeling just as shy or like awkward or potentially like insecure as you are too, because they might not know anybody. Um, a couple of pointers I have for networking are try to get involved in um, groups in your community, um, whether it's an alumni group or a business networking group or even like a parenting group, you know, even something through your kid's school. Um, any opportunities that you have in order to like talk to other people for the first time to, you know, get to kind of introduce yourself are key. You know, when we were in school or like starting new jobs or whatever, like years ago, we did, we practiced that a lot. But if you're not in those situations that much, it might feel weird to be like, I'm talking about myself, right? Um, which is what I help my clients do all the time. Um, I went to a really awesome event last week um, with Creator IQ. Um, that was this awesome panel about um, influencers and the influencer marketing industry and where it's where we all see it going after if likes went away. Um, and I was really looking forward to the event. And oftentimes I'll RSVP for something, put it on my calendar, and then kind of think about it a couple days before so I can get the logistics down with like how I get their childcare, all that. But 
I don't necessarily like ask anyone to go with me. So what I did is I showed up by myself, which I do a lot, which naturally forces you to have to talk to other people. Otherwise, you're going to stand there in the corner. Right. I ended up meeting some amazing women that night just by kind of standing there for a minute, scanning the room, making eye contact with someone who came up to me, uh, this lovely woman named Jen from Create Art and was like, hi, thanks for coming. We kicked off a conversation. She introduced me to some people. I ended up meeting some other gals here in marketing in Chicago for big CPG brands who I'd been like wanting to meet for a long time. And it was just so funny how it kind of came about. Um, I think also going into an event whether it's something that you're just kind of like showing up for or something that you have more potential to actually network and get like new business leads around, do your homework. Like know what the topic of the event is. Know what the potential topics are that might be, subtopics are that might be discussed and then do any research around it. So, you know, I work in PR, I work with influencers and influencer marketing. So that topic was pretty easy for me because I kind of live and breathe that all day. Um, but as a result of knowing that I was able to just really talk the talk with the other, um, marketers and people who are attending the panel. Another piece of advice I have is just put your phone down. Like, I think we're all so attached to having our phones in our hands constantly. And I think there's an element of standing in a room in front of other people, you know, with a cocktail or an appetizer in your hand where like the point is to actually talk with each other yes. and have like a tangible takeaway of like yes. a business card or an email address. And if you're sitting there on your phone scrolling the whole time because you're uncomfortable, you're not going to take anything away from yes. it that's positive. Um, I actually, <clears throat> I just read a quote and it was, confidence isn't, will they like me? It's, I'll be okay. No, I'll be okay if they don't. Yes. Um, and I think that's a lot, especially when you're going into a room. Like, are they going to like me? Yeah. No, that is not the mentality. That's, I'm here. I am who I am. Some people will like me. Some people, I might not just, I just might not be their taste. And you know what? They might not be mine either. So, so much. I think that these days, I think there's a lot of... Um, kind of sharing of this notion of like finding your tribe and being okay with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, depending on your personality type, it's easy to want everybody to like you. And I'm doing air quotes over here, but I don't think that's necessarily necessary. I think um, in our business, um, all of ours, you know, there's an element of finding the people who are going to resonate with you and really like lift you up, like your content. And in a lot of cases want to hire you. And those are the people that you're going to be happier working with down the line anyway. Right. And I think that is relatable to women who might not be an entrepreneur either, or even a woman who isn't working or who's a stay at home mom. It's that idea of finding your tribe, finding the people who have similar ideas to you that you feel comfortable with, that you can be yourself with, where you can bounce ideas back right. back and forth. Um, that definitely relates to all aspects of life, no matter what business or no matter what business you're in or whether your home is your business. Totally. Right. And what I was thinking as well, you were saying that is that's part of it. And the other part, which you touched on is you have to be open to have those conversations, which is the part like putting your phone away. So it's one thing to find the people and find the community and have that confidence, but you've got to take some action and you have, sometimes you have to take that first step in introducing yourself to someone and be open to having a conversation. Totally. Totally. 
Okay, so let's say somebody does all of that and they walk away from an event feeling like, you know what, I did a pretty good job. When do you recommend someone who is in business, when do you recommend them doing a follow-up? So when do you like to check in? Yeah, no, that's great. I um, I actually do it as quickly as I can afterward because let's face it, our attention spans and our to-do list are like, attention spans are short, to-do list is very mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just like to follow up as quickly as possible so it's fresh on their mind. Um, you know, I like to reference, typically I, I either follow up with people over email if I have their email address. I do a lot of networking over Instagram so I'll sometimes send a DM if I think they're going to see it. Um or, you know, text seems still seems a little informal to me, but if mm-hmm. that's the only form of communication I have, I can send a text. Or LinkedIn is another great place to connect in a more permanent way. But I do it right away, and I say, you know, it was so nice to meet you last night. Thanks for talking about, um, you know, that uh, lunchbox that you brought to the event. Or, like, I don't know, you know, right. whatever it is, something to kind of reference, something that you discuss so they can be like, oh, yes, I remember you. Because not everybody has a, an amazing memory for faces or names, and I think a fresh point of follow-up is the best way to go. And you feel like Instagram is a totally okay platform to do a follow-up. You don't feel that that's informal. Yeah, like, I could sit here and talk about Instagram connections for hours, but I do. Um, okay. It kind of... That's a that's a blanket response. I would also say it depends on like how you met the person and what the nature of the relationship is. So you obviously have to gauge. I think that Instagram is a place where, and I've talked to other influencers and brands and marketers about this, it's a place where people are really genuinely networking with each other because we show so much about who we are there. Right. And it's a permanent place to do that. Right. Uh, as long as Instagram doesn't go away tomorrow. But, Please. you know, Please. I I think that Please. it kind of depends. <laughs> you know, if you were talking to somebody from more of a corporation where they're used to communicating more over email, then I would say email is the most right. appropriate place. If you're communicating with an influencer who, who is used to doing a lot of their communications over DM, I think DM is an appropriate place to do that. So it really just depends on what you feel is right. I would say err on the side, this is my point of view, err on the side of more formal versus less formal, especially because DMs can tend to get lost if you're talking to somebody who gets a lot of those. Agreed. And as an influencer, I prefer to email people. I know my DMs, I get a lot of them and conversations get lost in DMs. So I often ask people to take it over to email. Um, I just prefer that. Yeah. Doesn't get lost there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So speaking of social media, um, like, are you seeing any trends right now that you really like? Um, Or where do you think social media is going? I mean, so I can't claim to be a social media expert. I would love to, but I am definitely an enthusiast. Like I said, I actually do spend probably way more time than an average person on social media simply because I'm researching. I need to know what the trends are, how brands are engaging with influencers in particular. Um, So in terms of trends, I mean, I think the best thing to happen to Instagram in particular in the last one to two years is stories. I think that we're all getting the opportunity to see what people are really like and what brands really have to say when they use stories. Um, the, the feed is still kind of like the beautiful place to show your like pretty photos to your brand collaborations and, and share your like longer form stories when you use actual copy. 
But I feel like stories is the place where we actually all get a glimpse into and a person's life, whether they're an influencer or a person or a friend down the street, um, or even in some cases, brands who do their kind of brand storytelling really well. So I am really grateful for stories. The only bad thing about stories is you really have to be on the platform so much in order to see them so right. that you don't kind of miss them. Right. But um, I love stories. One other thing that I um, will mention is I mentioned this Create RQ panel that I uh watched last week which was highly insightful the whole topic was around likes and if they go away what will happen I think it was a really productive conversation on how brands will measure um, success with influencers in particular down the line Mm -hmm. um, particularly through engagement rates commenting etc and I think that if if the likes go away the takeaway that I got is it won't be the end of the world and we'll just find new new relevant ways to measure now have they gone away in Canada already I think there was speculation on that I don't think that unless I just missed it in the conversation I don't think anybody confirmed that 100 percent okay I'm in a group with I mean I'm in numerous influencer groups um just to keep track of like what's going on in the space and I think there were a few people from Canada who did have their likes removed yeah um, I don't know if they got them back or what's the status. I don't follow. How do you follow- feel about that? How do I feel about it? Um, I think there are good things and there are bad things. I definitely, I'm definitely pro keeping them. I just think it gives you um, a certain level of street cred um, to see how many people are liking your photos. I also think that people go through and for sure, skip over photos and don't like. Um, I don't think people are going through their feeds and liking every single photo. So whether they comment or not, when they like your photo, they're still seeing it and they're still um, like giving that nod of approval toward it. So I do think it measures engagement to a certain degree. Obviously, the goal of engagement is to get people to comment and if it's a brand collaboration, to like get it to translate into sales or... Um, whatever it is for the brand. But I think likes are definitely a first step and I'm a proponent of keeping them. So, but I haven't really heard anything recently, well, too, too recently um, that like Instagram is getting ready to actually do it. So hopefully they won't listen to this podcast and remember that they were going to do it. Um, Yeah, Instagram, turn off your ears. Yeah, just stop listening to our podcast because we know it's the best one in the whole world and they're listening to only our podcast. Mm -hmm. Accurate. Because they have time for that. Right. So. And I have to say, like, for me, the comments are definitely, I mean, to me, the likes don't mean anything. I don't really care. First of all, I don't even get as that many likes, which is just mind boggling because my content is far and beyond some of the best that's on Instagram. Definitely. Um, But I think that the comments, like, it's about building a community. It's about like having people. It's not, I feel like for me, the likes on some level seem sort of um, like self-absorbed. Like, it's just like, I like this. I think the comments is what engages your crowd but I love when you have a full-on conversation with somebody Mm -hmm. about the topic and it's just interesting it's also really fun to go through someone else's comments and to see like oh my gosh these two people had a whole debate or conversation or whatever about 
something that we're talking about and it could be something as silly as dino chicken nuggets on top of a spinach salad or depression you know like I just right. think that I, I really I'm, I'm here for the comments people here for the comments speaking of dino chicken nuggets um, number one I ate them last night and there's something about a dino nugget that tastes better than a regular nugget true true but two Amy you're a mom you're a mom of two little girls who are very close in age to our kids being a mom and being a mompreneur if you would what What's one little snippet of advice that you would give other people who are trying to do this? A little chicken nugget of advice. Oh, if hey. you will. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think um, in my industry, there are typically like very long hours involved. It can be very stressful. Not that like I can't in other industries, but I think in general, PR is actually one of those professions that like lands on the like very high stress jobs lists year after year. What's that joke? I like that joke that you always. Oh say. yeah, it's it's PR, not the ER. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think of that. It's it's an old PR That's joke. It's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I learned that in New York, but it's true. It's just kind of one of those jobs that like you, you always need to be on in client service, especially now since we're always connected to our phones. We're never really away from email. We're never away from text, phone, whatever. Um, you know, vacation days and sick days are like not as much of a thing. So, um, you know, I will say that um, it, for me, it was important to kind of look at take take a step back and look at what was going on in my life at the time that I decided to go out on my own um, and just have some like real conversations with, in this case, my husband about, you know, what I wanted for my own career goals and how we could kind of melt that with what was going on um, in our family. Um, you know, just meaning like logistics were just getting so complicated. My husband travels a lot for work. Um, you know, childcare was just getting like more logistically challenging with like longer hours for the nanny and whatnot. Do you guys do a shared calendar? Are you a proponent of like the shared Google calendar or something like that or no? So, um, we've never done what I would call a strictly like shared calendar, but what we have started doing in the last literally two weeks is like a Sunday night check-in. Um, I saw... Um, one of, so I have some really good friends, um, in Milwaukee, um, Sarah and Kristen, the founders of the edit effect, and they share just like so many good tips about just like organizing your life in general. And one of their, one of the tips that Kristen shared recently was like, do a Sunday night check-in with your partner to like go through what's going on for the week. So what we do is literally take like even just five minutes, stand with our phones in front of each other so we can be like, okay, what's going on this week? And, oh, you're staying late at work late that night. Oh, you have a work event this night. Okay, so I'll ask the nanny to stay late that day. I'll pick up the kid from school that day. Like, you know, just kind of going through all the logistics so it doesn't feel That's so chaotic. good structured idea. It's so simple. Thank you, edit effect. Exactly. It's so really simple, good. but it's just so important to do so that you can just get ahead of it. Um, from, like, a larger perspective, though, I would say, you know, I, I'm so excited about being in this community of women and mostly moms who are just going for it with these, um, you know, kind of professional business ideas or goals that they've always had, but really never 
done necessarily or started like, like doing the two kind of women who you're sitting in yeah front of right now. well totally yes yeah. you know people who have like had aspirations against certain things and have just never really had like the right avenue or the right time to do them um, there are so many different ways to find purpose in your work um, and it doesn't have to be literal work that you're getting paid for it can be all kinds of creative outlets for you that you just enjoy and you find fulfillment in because let's face it, you know better than anyone else, being a mom can be a lot of work mentally and physically and you need something to kind of um, break it up and feel really excited about. Um, so I would just say, if you are a person who've, who's had aspirations for trying to do something, give it a shot. Um, the other piece that I'll say, going back to our networking conversation is, don't hesitate to reach out to other women who you know or maybe even don't know to ask questions to. Um, one thing that I have heard a little bit from friends lately is like coffees are increasingly hard because let's face it, we don't have that many hours in the day. But if you have specific questions that you want to ask another mom entrepreneur who you admire, send her an email or send her a DM or whatever you think is the appropriate form of communication and ask a specific question or two that you might be dying to know that they would be really excited to help you about because the likelihood that they got great advice in their career from another woman entrepreneur is probably pretty high. I certainly have, and I continue to. I have built a community of women around me who I rely on on a daily basis to ask questions to, to problem solve with, to brainstorm to, to complain to. I mean, all of those things are so important. So um, I would just say, Decide when the best time is for you to go for it and kind of do your prep work in order to feel really confident about what you want to do. So it sounds like the key is having communication with your spouse and having that community of people and knowing how to communicate with your community of people. Yeah, and it, like. it won't be perfect in the beginning. I think right. we're always like a work in progress on this stuff and you can always find like better, more efficient ways to do that. But I think that that's the nature of being an entrepreneur, which, you know, like I said before, this was never something that, you know, I got out of college and was like, yes, I'm going to have my own business. I never really aspired to do this. But once I learned more about what it could mean to have my own business, mm -hmm. some of the benefits and disadvantages benefits far outweighed, you know, the harder parts of being an entrepreneur. And I still figure things out every day just by kind of um, trying and learning what works best. Interesting. That's good. You're good, Amy. You're good. I don't know about that, but thank you. Yeah. Speaking of good and really good to beautiful, talented women, that's us. Um, you represent the lovely work wives. I know that we're probably your favorite clients you've ever had. Obviously. Um, and that would lead us to the most important question of the interview. What is your favorite part of representing these two gorgeous people? So this is easy, and I think it's true of a lot of my favorite clients. Um, what? Well, but hear, hear me out. <laughs> um, <laughs> you both are just very real. And I think that for both of you, that's a huge part of your personal brand. You are who you are. You're not trying to be something else. That makes my job a lot easier. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because I think in PR, um, publicists get, get this kind of reputation for spin. You know, you have to kind of create a story around something and spin it. Okay. 
I understand that there is definitely an element of that in PR, but when you have a client who already has a phenomenal story, there's no spin needed. You don't need to create something around, you know, what they're look what they're looking to do or who they're looking to reach. So for both of you, I just love that, you know, you wanted to do this podcast for a long time. You worked to, you know, get it off of the ground and like now however many episodes in you are, is it 10 at this point more? You've, ten. this is 10. Woo! You've got, you, you did it. Um, that's something that I like about both of you personally too, not to like get a little too like sappy here, but like when you have an idea, you just go for it. You don't like overthink it. You don't like get like insecure about it. You just try it and see what works. And I think there's so much of that in life, especially as you know, you kind of only get one chance to, live this life and try things that make us happy so I just I love the brand I love the name I think you guys talk about so much like relevant stuff on here that applies to so many women plus you just don't take yourselves too seriously which is always fun um, in client service because I think we can do great work and have fun at the same time yes Ames that was nice I mean it's true we talk about that a lot Mm -hmm. we're always like she takes herself so seriously Mm -hmm. I roll. I roll. I roll. Anyways, so we know we're awesome, but like sometimes we misbehave. So what's the worst part of working with us? What's the worst part of working with you? Um, I would say there are not many. Making eye contact. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no. You're fired. I- <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, no, I think that, you know, so in my, in, in PR, like there's always an element of like, um, you know, you're trying to control a message. And what that means is you're always trying to make your client look great, no matter what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, what other, whatever form they're in. And there are always going to be points in time where like, you can't control that because they have all kinds of other marketing mechanisms in place and, or they're people, they're human beings who like go and like do stuff on their own or in situations she's looking at you where, right now. Mm-hmm, where they're in situations where they have to be on their own <laughs> and they can't have a PR person by their side, helping them. It's cause she can't look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the sort good of. one here. Um, no, I mean, I think something that's really interesting about working with personal brands is just that, like you are literally in front of people all day. You can be in front of people 24 seven, as much as you want to through your social media channels, through your blog, through the podcast. And so it's always working with actual people as a brand is, is kind of different than working with, um, you know, a product or a service. Um, so I would say there's no bad thing to that. But there's just, it's just more of more moving parts. It's much more dynamic. And, you know, sometimes it's a little more reactive, which as a PR person is a little bit challenging because naturally I always want to control what I can control in terms of the message. Okay, great. So that was your like spin on the interview question. Like what's your worst quality? I mean, I don't spin, so (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. that question in a spin cycle <laughs> that was definitely we asked you directly what do you hate about us and you're like well I love you <laughs> I love you. <laughs> let me tell you more about what I hate about what I have <laughs> I hate that you're so amazing <laughs> that was pretty much what I said I know what I'm doing and okay. I hate that this interview is coming to its grand finale but luckily the best part might be yet to come because ladies it is time for gangster, gangster moms, moms. 
Take it away, Liz. This is our ode to you, Ames. Oh boy. Okay, thank you. You gotta go and get angry at all of my honesty. You know I try, but I don't do too well with apologies. I hope I don't run out of time. Could someone call a referee? Because I just need one more shot at forgiveness. I know you know that I made those mistakes maybe once or twice. And by once or twice, I mean maybe a couple of hundred times. So let me, oh, let me redeem, oh, redeem, oh, myself tonight. Because I need just one more shot at second chances. Yeah. (laughs) Is it too late now to say sorry? Because I'm missing more than just your body, oh. Is it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, I know, oh, oh, that I let you down. But is it too late to say I'm sorry now? Sorry, Amy. Sorry. Nothing to apologize for. This apology, you know how people say thanks in advance, but Alyssa and I, it's apologies in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, really, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come see your favorite, to see your favorite clients today. So where can people find you? Oh, yeah. So um, people can find me on Instagram at Amy Kosky Burger. Can you spell that? Sure. It's A-M-Y-K-A-S-K-E-B-E-R-G-E-R. And we'll put that in the show notes also. Perfect. Find me there. You can also find me at www.amykaskyberger.com if you want to learn more specifics about my services and my experience. Yeah. Amy, are you currently accepting new clients? If anyone right now is listening to this podcast thinking, hmm, I like Amy (laughs) I always am. Um, Whether it's, uh, you know, depending on the size of the project, um, you know, it might not be something that I can take on at that moment, but I always love talking with new people and new brands, um, looking for PR. I also have a pretty broad network of other PR practitioners like myself who I can refer people to if I can't take them on. So feel free to get in touch with me. Do you work local and non-local? I do, yeah. So I'm based in Chicago, but I can really work on brands based anywhere. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Yeah, all I need is a phone and a computer. And if you're good with... Do you have a phone and a I computer? do actually have a phone. It's a flip phone. Is that oh, okay? Um, I think our people could deal. I think a lot of the people can deal. Perfect. Okay, good. Okay, good. Just uh, T9 her. Right. Perfect. (laughs) Whatever that is. You can snake on over. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, okay. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. If you guys enjoyed today's podcast, and we know you did, not hope, we know, please, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review so we can continue bringing you all the content you know and love. And if you didn't like today's episode, number one, get your head checked. And number two, keep that thought to yourself. Because on top of fighting off this landscaper that Alyssa's about to go do, we just, we have enough problems, okay, guys? So thank you so, so much. And we out of here. Bye bye, y'all. You gotta go and get angry at all of my honesty. I know I try, but I don't do too well with apologies. I hope I don't run out of time, cause someone call a referee. Cause I just need one more shot.